Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Matthew 16 or Matthew chapter number 6, verse number 16 says this, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrite of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Verse 17 says, But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face. And he goes on to say in verse 18, That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Father, help us tonight. Father, Lord, may we get understanding and knowledge from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated tonight. Well, the first question would be this, and some of you has heard me preach on fasting um, numerous times. As a matter of fact, I've preached several series of messages just on fasting. But I want to refresh our memory tonight. And those that's never heard me preach on fasting, of course, we'll talk about it a little bit. So maybe you can get some understanding from it. I personally believe that it is a lost, um, a, a lost subject um, in our society today. You don't hear hardly any preaching on fasting. Matter of fact, I have never been in a revival service and heard a preacher preach on fasting and praying. I've heard them preach on praying, but I've never heard them preach on fasting and praying. We know that this kind cometh not forth but by prayer and fasting. And I'll go to that verse here in just a little bit. Here is, uh, and I've studied several different definitions of the word fasting. Here's uh, one that I've kindly put together. It is abstaining from fleshly desires to become close to God. A voluntary withdrawing from food and or drink or other fleshly appetite for a specific period of time. Here's another good definition of fasting, self-denial. Self-denial. It's denying the flesh. It's putting your flesh back in order. It's allowing, and I dealt with that some on Sunday whenever I preached both services on when lefty killed fatty out of the book of Judges. And um, if you wasn't here, you can watch it on video or on our podcast, you can listen to it. But with dealing with our flesh and getting our flesh back in subjection, your flesh don't want to fast. Your flesh don't want to pray. Your flesh don't want to read the Bible. Your flesh don't want to go to church. Your flesh don't want to draw closer to God. So in fasting, it is putting our flesh back in order. It's self-denial. Here's what Andrew Murray wrote um, in one of his books. He wrote the classic collection of the books on prayer, including with Christ in the school of prayer. And here's what he said in that book. Fasting helps express, deepen, confirm the resolution that we are ready to sacrifice anything, even ourselves, to attain what we seek for the kingdom of God. Here's what Hudson Taylor said, who spent 51 years as a missionary in China. In addition to direct missions work, and aiding to translate the New Testament into one of the Chinese dialects, he founded China Inland Missions 
directly responsible for sending 800 missionaries starting 300 schools and leading 1,800 Chinese people to Christ. He said that without fasting, it would have never been accomplished. Hudson Taylor goes on to say this, fasting is really a divinely appointed means of grace. Perhaps the greatest hindrance to our work is our own imagined strength. And in fasting, we learn what poor, weak creatures we are depended on a meal of meat for the little strength which are so apt to lean upon, which we are so apt to lean upon. And you know how true that is. We say that we can do this or we can do that. We say that we can go without social media. We say that we can go without eating meat. We say that we can go without sweets, but just start going without it and see how long you can. Um, my dad, I, 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 I pick on him a lot. I know I, I know I do, but he done the Daniel fast with us last year for 21 days. And man, I'm telling you, he, um, uh, he had a hard time with it. And um, he would call and be complaining. And I, I would say, um, uh, here's what the Bible said. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. He'd say, click. He'd hang up on me. But a lot of times in fasting, we learn just how weak we really are in the flesh. How dependent we are on fleshly things instead of being dependent on the Lord. There's different types of fasting. Let me show you three real quick. There is a simple fast. And really what um, uh, the simple fast is is what is known um, more than anything. And that is um, when you do without food for a certain period of time. You just drink water for a certain period of time. And Jesus began his earthly ministry with prayer and fasting in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. The simple fast is no food, only liquids like water or natural juices. Whenever you study your Bible in Judges 20, there was one that lasted for a day. Paul did, did, this, did this right after he was saved. And it was a three-day fast. Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1, there was a 10-day fast. In Acts 27, there was a 14-day fast. In Daniel chapter 10, there was a 21-day fast. Then there's several examples in our Bible of a 40-day fast. Now, I will say this about a 40-day fast. I do know several people that has done a all-water um, or natural juice fast for 40 days. Uh, matter of fact, Brother Mike Van Horn, one of the missionaries that we support, I was with him. He's done it on a couple different occasions. And uh, I was actually with him when I was still in missions when he done the first one and um, spent the biggest part of those 40 days with him. But think about this with me tonight. There's a simple fast. There's a selective fast. Here's what a selective fast is. A Daniel fast is a selective fast. You select certain things that you're going to do without for a certain amount of time. A selective fast. Again, it can be social media. 21 days without social media. It would do a lot of people real good to go 21 days without social media. It really would. It really would. 
it will purge your mind and purify your mind to go without social media for 21 days. I will throw this out. That is one of the things that I'm doing in my 21 days is social media. And um, I, I'm going past social media. So you that Marco Polo's January 1st, I'll probably not be talking to you on it. Um, but anyway, um, uh, it will clean your mind up. It really will. You say, well, I'm not addicted to it. I, I, this week, um, uh, Leslie and I and mom and dad and, um, um, uh, of course, our girls and then Becca and Jeremy and their kids and their kids. It was mom and daddy's 50th wedding anniversary tomorrow. And mama wanted to do one thing. She wanted to go to Pigeon Forge for two days and go to the Dixie Stampede with all of us. We was reluctant to till all of us got COVID. So we decided since we've all already had it, we was just going to go. So we went to Tennessee. And here's what I found out. I was walking around the island. I mean, that don't make sense to have a place called the island in the mountains. But anyway, we was walking around the island, and it was ridiculous, the people that was there. But anyway, everybody was on a phone. There was hardly kids today. Kids today cannot function without a phone or a tablet in front of them. You know what we do? Instead of telling them to sit still and be quiet, we give them this. Well, it's got quiet tonight. But we give them this, and that maintains. Let me tell you what happened. I was told to be quiet, and if I wasn't quiet, I wasn't given a tablet. I was given a paddle. I got my tail beat, and then if I cried too much about it, I got it beat again, Brother Jerry. And then if I cried much more, Mom and Daddy would look at me and go, if you don't shut up, I'm going to give you something to cry about. And I was thinking, these stripes is nothing to cry about. I mean, my gallbladder's hanging out my back, and there's, I don't have anything to cry about. But I'm just being honest with you. I'm being honest with you. I, I, me and Brother Matt was talking the other night, and he said, I decided to run in church one time. That was it, one time. And he said, Daddy didn't put me in time out. Daddy didn't tell me to stick my nose in the corner. Daddy didn't say one, two, three. Daddy didn't say we wait until we get home. He said, Daddy adjusted my running in the church. And I, he said, I'm not even going to run if the Lord tells me to, probably. I'm still that scared to run in church. But we have become so addicted to things. I'm as guilty as anybody. I found myself this week. I sat down at the Dixie Stampede last night. And when I was waiting on it to start, you know what I done, Bailey? I got my phone out and I started looking on my phone. And Leslie said, are you going to look on your phone the whole time? I said, no, when somebody comes out here, I turn it off. We are addicted to that. And a selective fast is when we take those things away for a little while and allow ourselves to draw closer to God. Now, now, Brother Jerry and Miss Linda's are poking each other, and I don't know if it's because Brother Jerry's been on Facebook too much or what it is, but anyway... That selective fast, that Daniel fast is a selective fast. Elijah did this on two different occasions, and there's several examples in our Bible of that. Now, I want to say this to you tonight, and I'm going to say more about it here in just a second. But a lot of people says, well, preacher, I can't fast because of a medical condition. There is a select, I understand a person that's diabetic cannot go three or four days without food. You may can, but... You're probably going to be at the hospital. I believe the Lord give us, some of us, a little common sense, okay? And, and the selective fast gives you 
other options to fast. Now think about this. There's also a supernatural fast. That is that 40-day fast. And I would say this. I would tell anybody this. Before you done that, number one, I would make sure it was of God and God telling me to do that. And number two, I would consult with a doctor before I'd done that and talk to a doctor. You have to be careful fasting. Can I just be real honest with you? I started weaning myself off of some things three weeks ago going into this fast starting on Friday. Um, Brother Heath and I was talking the other day, and he started doing the same thing. Now, a lot of people says this, well, I, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not going to fast from that. If it's something that, that it, because of a medical condition you can't, it's one thing. I completely understand that. But to ju just not do it because, to just not do it because you have poor self-discipline, it's wrong. And it shows just how concerned you really are about what you're praying about. Because when it comes to really getting a hold of God in times of trouble, there's a lot of things that you can do without. Amen, preacher. Here's four things about fasting. Number one tonight, there's the reservation. There's, the re there's people that is reserved about doing it. Why is people reserved about fasting? Well, can I say this? I think one reason people's reserved about fasting is because they've never been taught to fast. They've never heard nobody take the Bible. And man, I can give you verse after verse after verse in our Bible tonight about fasting. And, and you that's heard me preach the series on it knows that I walk down through the different people in our Bible that fast. But can I say this? A lot of people has uh, uh, reserves or they're reserved about fasting because they've never been taught it. They've just never been taught it. And, and again, it's not something you hear preached on much. But it's still scriptural. A, a lot of people is reserved because of that. A lot of people is reserved because of a physical condition. They are reserved. Miss Bethany, we was talking just to, before service, and she said, are you going to talk to us tonight, or are you going to preach to us tonight? And I said, I'm going to talk to you tonight. And, um, of course, she was just picking. We go back and forth with each other like that. And uh, I said, I'm just going to talk to you tonight. And uh, she said, well, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I just don't know that I can. And I said, I'm going to give you other options in fasting tonight. She's fixing to tell me that she couldn't go without meat for 21 days because she was pregnant. But there's more than meat to this thing. Red, they're reserved because of a medical condition. I, it would not be healthy for a pregnant lady to even go two or three days without food. It's just not medically healthy. Are you understand what I'm saying? And I, so they're reserved because of a medical condition. But understand there's more to it than just food. There's way more to it than just food. There's numerous things, that, as I've already said, that we can fast from. Matter of fact, in, in the Bible, there, there's, there's, there's numerous things, numerous things that you can read throughout the Bible that you can fast from. So there's the reservation to it. But now watch this. There's also the requirement to fasting. There's the requirement. You said, preacher, what do you mean? Well, look with me in our text tonight. Y'all thought I'd forgot about it, didn't you? Look with me in our text. Know what your Bible said. Jesus is talking to us. Here's what he said. 
Moreover, if you fast, is that what your Bible said? What did it say? Somebody help me. Moreover, okay, go to verse 17. But thou, okay, now let's go back to verse 16. I got three people with me. Maybe the other ones will get with me. Moreover, look at verse 17. But thou, it's a requirement. Jesus didn't ask us if we wanted to do this. Jesus didn't say, moreover, if thou fast. Jesus didn't say, but thou, if thou fast. No, he said, when you do it. When you do that. Jesus, talking to the disciples, just took upon himself and thinking that the disciples was going to do it. You may tell you the reason a lot of people is never, there's, there, and there may be people in this room that's never fasted the first time from anything. And talk to the Lord. I'm not talking about when you get the stomach bug and don't eat for 24 hours. That don't count as a fast, okay? <laughs> Are you with me right there? That, that, I, I'm not talking about when you went to Long John Silver's and Taco Bell at midnight and decide not to eat the next day, Bailey. That's not a fast. There's a lot of people that has never fast. One reason is because they've never been taught to. They've never had a preacher show them in the Word of God that God expects us to do this. God expects us to. When it's a requirement from God to fast. Probably the individual that's helped me more, and y'all have heard me say this before, but the individual that helped me more on fasting than anybody else was John Dorsey. And you've heard me say this very same, this very exact phrase right here. Brother John told me when a matter of fact is in 2016 during that meeting, that five-week meeting. Brother John said this right here. He said, there's hardly ever a time that I'm not fasting. He said, there's hardly ever a time that I'm not fasting. And I said, well, Hoss, I can tell by looking at you, you eating something. And he laughed, and that's who really helped me with a selective fast. He said, God expects us to fast. And he read me these verses. He said, when thou fast. And he said, I may not always be doing an absolute fast, fasting from everything but water. He said, but there's hardly ever a time in my life that I'm not fasting from something. And he told me that after I told him that I was going to get a, a bologna. Somebody say praise God for bologna. A bologna, ham, cheese, and tomato and lettuce sandwich. It, uh, praise God. You felt it too, didn't you, Brother Aaron? If you've never had one of them from the Williams and Gentry store in Yadkinville, you've never lived. You have, I mean, that Cornish hen they laid out there last night ain't got nothing on that bologna, ham, cheese, lettuce, and tomato sandwich with salt and pepper on it. And he said, I can't go get a bologna sandwich. I said, why can't you go get a bologna sandwich? He said, because I'm fasting from bologna right now. And I said, bologna, I'm going to get some. That requirement. God requires us to fast. And I'm going to tell you something, church. If you want to see your life changed, fast and pray. The requirement of it. God requires us to fast. Look at this, number three. There's the reason for fasting. Why do we fast? Why do we fast? 
we're fixing to, I, I know I am, I know my wife is, and I know Brother Heath is because I've talked to my wife about it and Brother Heath and I have talked openly about it. But what is the reason for going into a 21-day fast? Why are we doing it? Well, we could say it this way. Some fast because of a physical need. They fast because of a physical need. It might not be their personal physical need, but it may be the physical need of someone close to them. Um, Daddy was in the hospital. Y'all all know that with COVID. And, and that, that Sunday, Daddy told me that Sunday, he said, somebody needs to get a hold of God. He said, I feel like I can't. And that Sunday night, I was up just about all night. And on Monday morning, me and Brother Ryan was talking. And I told Brother Ryan, I said, man, pray for Daddy. And I said, matter of fact, I said, I'm going up to the Prayer Rock. I've got a place up in Allegheny County where I go pray some. And um, Brother Heat's been up there with me. Brother Ryan's been up there with me. But anyway, um, I, I said, I, I'm, I'm going up to the Prayer early that morning. I said, I'm going up to Prayer Rock for a while, Brother Ryan. I said, I just need you to help me pray. And, and he said, well, he said, you know what we got to do? And I said, what's that? I, I mean, I'm going to pray. He said, you know what we got to do? And I said, what's that, Doc? He said, we got to start fasting. He said, this kind cometh not but, forth, but by prayer and fast. He said, we got to start fasting. And I said, you're right. And I hung up the phone. I didn't say nothing else to him. I didn't say nothing to my sister. I really didn't even say nothing to my wife. She knew just because of things that I was doing and things that I wasn't doing. And we began fasting. And, and, and whenever we entered into that agreement to fast and pray, Brother Ryan and myself, it wasn't but just an hour or two later, they called and said, Daddy was worse. And to be honest with you, at that very moment, I thought, well, Lord, we've just agreed to fast and pray. Now, why is he getting worse? And I really believe in all of my heart, the reason he's still here today is because there were some people fasted and prayed for God to touch him. I didn't know this to that Wednesday, that Wednesday, whenever daddy got released from the hospital, I looked at dad and I said, you want some Chick-fil-A? He said, no. He said, uh, I, I'm really not that hungry. He said, I, I just want to look at the grass outside and how green it is. He'd been in the hospital for eight days. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, Hoss, we're going to Chick-fil-A anyway. I pulled in Chick-fil-A, and, and, or we ended up going home, and Mom brought Chick-fil-A to us. And I'm telling you, I killed some chicken nuggets and french fries, and I was tickled to death. It was like filet mignon and bologna and ham and cheese and lettuce and made her sandwiches with salt and pepper on it. And Rebecca got there, and she said, did you eat? And I said, yeah. She said, I'm about to starve to death. And I said, well, I was too. She said, you was too, wasn't you? And I said, do what? She said, you started Monday morning too, didn't you? And I said, yeah, I did. I said, did you? And she said, yeah. She said, it works, don't it? And I said, yeah, it does. Reasons for fasting. We fast sometimes because of the physical need of someone. But can I say this? We fast sometimes because of the spiritual need of someone. Because of the spiritual need. The Lord spoke to my heart during that fast, and I don't talk much about my prayer life in public. I don't talk much about my fasting in public. But the Lord did speak to me during that fast that I'd done while Dad was in the hospital. And here's what he said. You're fasting trying to keep somebody out of heaven. Why don't you fast and try to keep somebody out of hell? 
sobering thought, isn't it? So many times we'll get more earnest in our prayers trying to keep somebody out of heaven than we do keeping somebody out of hell. We'll fast to keep someone out of heaven quicker than we'll fast to keep someone out of hell. We not only fast because of a physical need, when ye fast, not if, when. We do it for a spiritual need. What's the reason for going into a 21-day fast at our church? It's so that we can refocus on the master. That we can refocus. That's what I want you to pray. God, help me to focus on you. This year, our mind has been focused everywhere else, man. It's been focused on the election, what's going to become of it. It's been focused on a divided country. It's been focused on rights. It's been focused on our cities burning down, bombs going off in our cities just this past weekend. Is Joe Biden going in? Is Trump going? I don't know who's going in. And you say, well, it's a done deal. Biden's going in. Well, why hadn't Camelia Harris resigned from her Senate seat then? I don't know if anybody else finds that interesting, but she's not resigned from her seat yet. They must be something that's just not absolute in stone. But we, we've got our mind, it's on COVID. Do I go to church? Do I not go to church? Do I have virtual church? Do I have in-person church? Do I have drive-in church? Do I pull all my hair out and scream? Do I suck my thumb and lay in the bed like a kid again? <laughs> all of these things. And for 21 days, why don't we drop something? Why don't we drop something and say, God, help me to focus on you. God, help me understand that we can't get out of touch with reality. But we can get more in touch with him in these 21 days. The reason, there's numerous reasons. Then number four, and I'm done, the reward. The reward of fasting. The reward of fasting. Remember he said, when ye fast? Not if, but when. Look with me. What your Bible said, I think it's chapter 17. I didn't mark, mark it down tonight, but I think it's chapter 17 that says this. Chapter 17. I hope I'm right on it. If I'm not, we'll just look it up real quick. It is chapter 17. Jesus is healing the devil uh, possessed boy in verse 14 down through the closing of the chapter. And um, verse 17, then Jesus answered and said, O, father, uh, o faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith the grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it? We, we, we leave verse 21 off so many times. How be it? This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. 
We talk about faith. We exercise faith the day we get saved. And to be quite honest with you, it's one of the only times in our life that we really exercise faith. That's that strong, especially. Because here's what he said. If you just had faith a grain of a mustard seed, a mustard, one of the smallest seeds, then you could say to the mountain, be removed and it'd be gone. He said, the only way you'll ever have that kind of faith is by prayer and fasting. That's the only way we'll ever have that kind. It comes no other way. It comes no other way. I heard this statement so many times during that five-week meeting. Preacher, I have never heard anybody preach with as much God on their life as Brother Dorsey is right now. I know what was happening behind the scenes and the demons that he was fighting behind the scenes and the meals that was missed and the fasting and the prayer that went on. You see, church, it only comes by fasting and praying. That's the only way. And let me say something. Let me say something. Come start playing softly. It gives people hope. Let me say something. When we talk about the power of God and the presence of God, the manifestation of the glory of God, when we talk about Dr. Ray and, and Dr. Seitler and uh, even Brother Milton Taylor, and we talk about that manifestation of the power of God and the glory of God. That is not something that is limited to just a preacher. There is a unique unction and anointing that only the preacher can get. But can I say something to you tonight? The power of God and the manifestation of God is for everybody. Is for everybody. The reason you may not have it is because you're not willing to fast. He said this kind, the reward of it, the reward of it. Only comes through fasting and praying. Some of you may have seen the picture. If you didn't, I'll show it to you. I won't be able to do this after tomorrow at midnight. But I'll show it to you real quick. Let me just pull it up. Some of you may have seen this picture. It was posted just a couple days ago. That's a picture of my dad. Anybody see this picture? It's a picture of my dad. That pew right there, or that altar is what it is now. Whenever he built, back it up, Terry. Put that thing in reverse. You'll pull my volume back just a little bit. It should fix that. Grace Baptist Church in, in Windy Gap, North Carolina. They didn't have the pews. They fasted and prayed. 
And guess what? They got the pews. They got the pews. And that is one of those pews from 1978-1979 at Grace Baptist Church in Windy Gap. We was able to get one and had it cut down and made into a prayer altar. And we give it to my dad. One of the very few pictures you'll see of that man with a smile on his face. He does not smile in pictures. We give it to him for Christmas. He sat there. That was the verse that he claimed calling to me and I'll answer that. We put that on the plaque, put it on that pew. He sat there, him and mom with tears running down their face and began to tell us the story. Mama said they had been cleaning all night, didn't she? They'd worked all night getting ready for them pews to come in, Brother Matt. She said, we're standing out. Rebecca remembers it. I don't. Said, we're standing out on the front porch of the church when they turned and started up the hill and brought those pews in. This kind. This kind. Seeing God do what he did in 1979, it come through prayer and fasting. Come through prayer and fasting. 21 days. Can we lay this down? Of course, I've got a lot of great study tools on it. 99% of my books is digital now. I've got over 800 books on here. Of course, I'll study off of it. But can I preach to us for a minute? We better quit appeasing our children with these. So how do I get them to be quiet? Call 336-468-1026. A lady by the name of Jan Barker will pick up the phone. She'll be obliged to tell you how to get them to be quiet. And it worked. It worked. Better learn to put them down ourselves every once in a while. Some it's not welcome at our dinner table. Watches and phones. They're put to the side. Learn to sit at the dinner table. We don't eat on our couch. We don't eat in our living room. When it's time to eat, we sit down at the dinner table as a family. And we pray together. And we talk about our day. Talk about Victoria's day in school. How the teacher was just so mean that day. If Madeline's worked that day, we talk about how her boss on Fridays is just awful. She's just awful, isn't she, Madeline? That's Miss Tina on Fridays. 21 days, church. Let's push some things to the side. And let's refocus on the master. Let's put our mind to him. Say, preacher, does that mean on the 22nd day, the doors are going to bust open to the church and we're going to be running a thousand? No. 
But it does mean God will reward us. So, preacher, how many, how many are we running on Sunday mornings? Well, let me look right here. It's probably about 70 or 80 at Pilot View. Over 100 at Mountaintop, probably. Shield of Faith's probably 60 or 70. West Side's probably 30 or 40. Shining Light's probably 70 or 80. Willis Gap's up close to 100. South Side's at, at about 30 or 40. Dad's preaching. That could be anywhere from 25 to 700. Depends on where the Jeff's at. You put all of our crowd together. I don't focus on what's here. I focus on what God's allowing to go on out of here. Matter of fact, in that local New Testament church, they wasn't mega churches. When they grew to a certain extent, they broke off and went and started another church. And they grew a while, and then they went and started another church. And then they went and started another church. So don't always judge what's happening but just what you see God through fasting and praying is doing some great things amen fasting and praying I want this kind but it's only going to come through prayer and fasting